All right, guys, you're very welcome along to Heartlines. This is Shane again. This is episode 17. Now, in this episode, I have a very special friend. He's from Ships. I met him on Ships a couple of years ago. He's a comedian, actor, and DJ, and he goes by the name of DJ Cooch or George Marroquin. <laughs> How are you doing, DJ Cooch? All good? It is so hard to say Marroquin for some people. Mar-queen. You guys always kind of like, but you guys always like Marrow. It's actually like bone marrow and king. That's it, bro. It's okay, Mar- marrow king. It's easy. Marrow bro. king. Marrow king. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I got it. I got it. Yeah, and the, and the cooch was just a nickname. Uh, nickname I got. You know, I just started going by the real name now because you know I I can't be named after a vagina that long. You can't be a forty-five year old walking vagina. It's just not right. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, that's why. <laughs> okay, uh, so you, you know. You started off being called DJ Cooch, and it was just a fun name, and now you realize, okay, it's not going to kind of... It was a nickname from high school. You know how I I got the name? I'll tell you how that started. I started DJing when I was like 16, 17 in high school, and this is back during the whole backyard raves. Remember the big Mickey Mouse gloves and the doon, doon? And I was part of this party crew, and my friends in high school used to call me Coochie. Mm-hmm. Easter Bunny Cooch, because I was mm-hmm. hopping from Cooch to Cooch, according to them, because I had like different girls I'd always talk to, right? Uh, so they would yell it, you know, Easter Bunny Cooch and all this stuff. And I okay. just like, you know, I hate them all. <laughs> and, uh, but it, the nickname, everybody called me uh, Coochie, mm-hmm. just, you know, Easter Bunny Cooch. That was the nickname. And yeah. um, my DJ name was going to be Georgie Porgy. Don't laugh, bro. It was going to be Georgie Porgy. It was going to be my DJ name. So corny, bro. <laughs> and, um, and I'm playing in this backyard, my first rave, according to me, which was a bunch of high school kids in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And the garage was uh, was actually where the DJ booth was at, you know. And it was my first time. I grabbed my vinyls. I'm getting ready to to DJ. Yeah. And this guy comes up to me and goes, yo, so what's your, your name? You know, a friend from high school. He goes, what's your, what's your DJ name? I go, it's Georgie Porgy. He goes, all right, cool. He goes to the makeshift uh, DJ, uh, like, go-go booth, mm-hmm. you know. And back then, you know, you're with a cable. You're not with, uh, you know, you, wireless, there's no wireless, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, besides we're at a backyard party, bro. You know, so he goes, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for your next DJ? And he points at me and he yeah. forgets the name. Yeah. He forgets the name that I gave him. And he's just like, DJ, DJ. And he remembered that my nickname was was Coochie. Yeah. So he just goes, DJ Cooch. And I'm, I'm literally flipping him off while starting a DJ. Mm. Like, what a dick you know like you know, and uh, and i dj'd i did my set i played for 45 minutes and the guy that was following me was a pretty big dj back then he came up to me and goes hey good set and i'm i'm doing the spin-off meaning you know i'm taking off my record mm. for him to take over the mix so it's a blend nobody cuts over or anything like that and he goes dj cooch right and i i'm like mad i go i go no it's georgie porgy <laughs> and he goes what and I go, he just confused my name. And he goes, yo, man, he goes, is that? Yeah, I go, Cooch is my, is my high school nickname. And he goes, look, man, he goes, I'll forget any George. He goes, but uh, you can never forget a good Cooch. <laughs> yeah. And I was yeah, like, yeah, okay. Yeah, and yeah. the nickname just stayed yeah. all through high school. And yeah. Uh, yeah, man, even when I started DJing, like going into nightclubs and the mm. scene like that, it was just a yeah. funny, funny a funny way of, of always remembering that name. I mean, you see me even when we're doing comedy on, on yeah. you know, on a cruise or at yeah. a comedy club, yeah. people are like, what, what is the name? Like, are you serious? <laughs> no. And it's funny, man. It's that anybody asks me if they get offended, I go, it stands for tickle, tickle. <laughs> coochie coochie. That's what it stands for. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I seen you see, I, I was in the punch on a comedy club. Uh, we're doing the comedy club host or I was doing the, the, the fun squad kind of hosting. Okay. So I seen you, yeah. I didn't. I didn't think about the name. I just thought it's a cool name, and and your act was cool, and and like you're doing three day cruises to Ensenada, Mexico. They don't care if yeah. you say cooch, if you say this, if you say that. They're just up for a party, you know. So uh, those they, cruises were crazy. Yeah, I mean, you're, yeah. you're. I'm sure you've seen. I'm sure you've seen it all by now, you know. Especially cruises of, of short nature. They're just like wild, you know. People are just like drinks and all sorts going on, you know. People don't get it, you know, especially for comedians, um, you know, like those three day cruises, what's the difference? Like people like, you know, uh, there's a, there's this myth that people say that uh, a cruise is where a comedian goes to die. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that's where, where, where comics go, okay, well, it's good money and I'm just going to stay there and nothing else is going to happen with my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much saw it as something different. I've been doing cruises, I believe now for about three years, three years. Yeah. And, um, and pretty much I see it as a gym because a cruise ship, 
especially when they have this the comedy clubs and they actually treat them like a comedy club like for yeah. example the punchliner yeah uh, you're not that's the only situation where you're going to have people from ireland people from london people from mm. canada people from arizona florida all in one room and at that moment totally. you have to figure out how to entertain everybody because if i'm on the west coast i'm doing west coast comedy if I'm on the East Coast, I'm doing like some Brooklyn style, Puerto Rican style, Cuba style comedy, whatever, you know, something that I'm going to be able to mix with those people. If I'm in Wisconsin, I'm going to do that particular stuff. A cruise ship is the only particular show where I have to figure out how to be funny with everybody and be myself. And that, it's a great gym, you know, so... Yeah. Some people take advantage of it. Like I try to take advantage because it's only going to make me stronger behind the microphone. And some totally. people, they just kind of just don't really care. So yeah. it's up to you how you want to use it. A comedian who goes on a cruise ship, it's not going to be someone who's like five years in the game. Like these guys have 10, 15 years experience before, yeah. before they got on a cruise ship. Because as mm. you see, like it's not, it's not an easy audience to perform to. When I seen you like performing on the West Coast and, you're, and that's kind of where you're from and, and, and that's your gig. Mm -hmm. but, but there's people who come from all over the West Coast and all over the East Coast to go on a cruise ship. But when I went over to Miami and Florida, as a totally different ballgame, man. You know, like the, the audience over beast. there. They, oh, they... they they want blood you know they are they just want yeah. like they, they want a piece of flesh you know i thought that west Some, coast crew was difficult east coast crew is just as difficult you know yeah i've i've done i've done a couple where i've seen people i and i and trust me my first I'll, I'll tell you right now my first cruise was a a west coast cruise right yeah, yeah. and um yeah, I was I was happy with it, but I wasn't happy with like okay, I could have done this, I could have done this yeah. different, you know. And I went back, I recorded it, and I listened to every single show, and I'm like, okay, no, no, that's going away. No, this I'm bringing this back. Mm. Then I finally tailored it to I want it to where I want it. And then I had to do my first Miami gig. Yeah, and I was like, oh my <laughs> god, it changed. You know, like yo, yeah. like there's certain words that you can't even say because people don't know what you're talking about exactly so yeah. and and as far as what you're saying where it's a different beast yeah those people are waiting for you there's some shows that you do that it's like a perfect car crash where you don't want to see it yeah you don't want nobody to crash but yeah. when they crash you're gonna look and that's how a comedian is like you don't want that person to fail you want to be entertained of course you do but if he does fail that shit is gonna be awesome like yeah. you can't wait for it to be fair you know what i mean yeah. it, it's, it's cool so so yeah, it's that's hence why I go back to saying that uh, doing a cruise ship is like a great gym when you look at it that way. It's just gonna make you stronger. It's just gonna make you funnier. Definitely. The people, the people. Some uh, I say, I say in those type of situations, you know, when you go to a comedy club, when you mm -hmm. go to a comedy club, mm -hmm. you're paying to go in there, sit down, focus into the front, and just be there, right? Yeah. Now you paid money. And you're expecting to get a certain service as a comic, as the, the venue, whatnot. Yep. When, when you when you have that on a cruise ship, but there's no you know like repercussion as far as I paid my money for this. You know what I mean? And I, you better they come in. People come in like you yeah. better impress me. You yeah. know what I mean? And if you don't, I could care less. Yeah. So it's that ADD attention deficit where you got to keep that. I, I got to lock these people here and I got to show them within a minute that we're going to be okay. I'm the bus driver and this ride's going to be fine. Yeah. You know, because if they get bored, yeah, it could go either way. Yeah, you know? definitely. For sure. Yeah. I, some people have a pure like improv act where they just like wail into the audience. Like I talked to, you know, Manny Oliveira, he was on my last episode and Manny Love started, Manny. Manny is amazing because Manny started this was improv and that's for any comedian. That's something that like, every comedian wants to know but not every comedian has it down to a t but he does he's just like really he can walk into an audience and just bowl them over with just like witty kind of comments and, and, mm -hmm. and you know and it, it's it's finding your voice bro that's yeah. what it is it's about finding who you are and what you want to be about you know Definitely, like yeah. uh, the first i've been doing comedy since 2004 okay, okay. and uh, um the first year of me doing comedy was just me trying to figure out what else what was funny you know, yeah. you know those three jokes that you had mm -hmm. how do you know how do i make this into an act and how to hold the microphone the confidence level the stance yeah. all those things take into place to make that show happen you know what yeah. i mean i can't come out there and try to imitate somebody i can't come out there and try to 
take somebody else's joke or anything like that. No, I got to come up with my own material. The first couple years, I'm not going to lie, I was very, like, if you saw, you seen me, I was pretty much imitating my favorites, you know, or the guys who I think were successful. And in, in no pun intended, I mean, I didn't mean it on purpose. It's just because I didn't know what comedy was. You yeah. know what I mean? Once you start getting into it, five years into it, and you kind of finally start going, oh, oh, okay, that makes sense. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm supposed to do this, and I'm supposed to do that. Yeah. Five years, six years, it starts getting fun because you finally have a good 10 minutes, a good solid 10 minutes that people are going to enjoy. After those about six years, eight years is when you start kind of getting into the the boredom of like, okay, I could either do this or I could find my voice. Somebody like Manny who finds his voice. He, this yeah. is who I am. This is mm. who I'm going to be. This is who, you know, like we'll use him as an example because that's what we're talking about. Like mm. me, at one point I figured out who I was and I don't want to, when I started, everybody was always comparing me. Oh my God, you're just like so-and-so. Oh, you're like, you know, cause I'm a chubby Mexican. Oh my God, you're like fluffy. Oh, you know, Mexican. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you're yeah. like George Lopez. Oh my <laughs> God, you're like yeah. Arnold Mencia. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like my goal wasn't to be the next Carlos, the next George or the next fluffy. My, my goal in life is to be the first George Marroquin, the first mm. DJ coach. Mm-hmm. that's who I need to be. Yeah. And, and, and those are those people that you see now, like on the cruise ships who, or the solid ones, you know, which ones are like, Oh my God, when that guy comes in, it is fun. It is going to be awesome. And we yeah. know it's going to be great shows. Mm-hmm. And those, those are the ones you'll, it's up to them. It's up to people. People are going to, you know, they filter themselves out. You know, yeah. I, I, when I started that comedy class, I was telling you about, I started off doing a comedy class. Um, that was the first way I got into comedy. I took the six week class and we're going to do six minutes at an improv. Right. Okay. And um, out of, those i think it was 18 people that took that class out of those 18 people two comedians that's it there's two guys that are still in the game until now everybody else is gone because yeah. they couldn't hold up you know they, they couldn't figure out my act uh and I, I mean i i know i'm very i'm very very hardcore into like different races and to be yeah. latino and to being you know i'm very into that and and i'm not just using it I'm, u- I'm using it as a tool, but also as, no, this is who I really am. And I'm not going to hold back. Now, with that being said, I have to be as careful as I can. I have to be so careful because I'm treading very lightly. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm right there at the tippy toe of that. Somebody could walk out and it only takes, this is offensive, especially nowadays. So that's the hard mm. part about being a comic. And that's the hard part about being who you are and trying to figure out how, how, how are you going to do it? Yeah. And it's awesome. It's also, it's an amazing, amazing experience to try to figure that out. Uh, I did a joke about a blind girl and then, uh, um, and some lady, her friend obviously got offended, Mm. but the the blind girl in the show was dying, was dying of laughter because she was part of the show. Yeah. Because she, I wasn't making fun of her. I was telling the situation that I was in that happened to me. And guess what? Blind people are human beings too. So this situation happened with a blind person. And, and, and I remember during the show, it was awesome. But yeah. I already knew immediately while doing the show that that person was offended. The friend was offended, not yeah. the blind girl, right? So after the show, you're doing meet and greets. And I'm like, hey, thank mm. you for coming. Thank you for coming. You know? And I see that she's coming and her friend's holding her. I'll go, oh, my God, let me give you a hug. You know? And her friend goes, you know what? That was really disrespectful. And I go, it's disrespectful for what? And she goes, you did that joke about a blind girl. And I go, yeah, and? She goes, don't you think it's sad that you're making fun of it? I go, at one point, then I'd make fun of this. And I go, the, the fact is, I did go out with a blind girl on a date. I did yeah. hook up with a blind girl. You know, and, and, and I asked the girl, I go, hey, I go, what's your name, honey? The blind girl's name was Sherry. And I go, Sherry, uh, you know, like, pleasure to meet you. Where are you from? And, you know, I kind of did it. And I go, can I ask you a question, Sherry? And she goes, yeah. And I go, did you have fun tonight? She goes, oh, my God, you're hilarious. Yeah. I go, um, did you get offended? And she goes, no. She goes, it was just funny because it's true. Yeah. And I turned around with her friend and I go, you see, it's awesome. It's more awesome to be a human than yeah. to be somebody who's just trying to, you know, look over something. I understand. And I apologize to the, to the friend. I go, I am so sorry if you got offended 
for what you feel for your friend. Yeah. But me personally, I think your friend's a human being and she just happens to be in that situation. Guess yeah. what? Chances are me, I got diabetes. <laughs> I go, I go, you know what? I'm a chubby guy. I go, chances are that, you know, and if you do a chubby joke, I'm gonna laugh about it. Yeah. I go, I'm not gonna get offended. You know what I mean? And and I go, you know, I go, the beautiful option about being a comedian and you coming to a show is there's an option. You could leave at any mm. moment. I gotta keep going. Yeah. I offend too many people and yeah. if I go too far, I have to deal with it right there. No, you yeah. have the option of walk getting up and walking out. So hey, yeah, that's where we left it. And yeah. it was cool, man. Now you said like um it's about finding your comedy voice and you're saying you don't want to be compared to anyone. And no one does. You want to always want to be your original or your your unique self. Um let's imagine you're on you're on stage, okay, and uh, or you're on stage and you're watching yourself. How would you just describe your comedy style? How would you describe your comedy style? That's fucking funny. Um, the, the hardest question you could ever ask a comedian is how do you describe yourself? Yeah, because um, if you tell an actor, uh, if you tell an actor, hey, go be uh, a bad guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go be a bad guy. You know, he'll go in and work on it and do that. If you tell, a, if you tell an actor to go be a, a cook, yeah. To go be funny, to go do something. An actor's goal in his life is just to be whatever they tell him to be. For sure. A comedian's goal in life is just to be himself. Okay. So how do I describe myself? You know, it's like how I, if I go watch myself, I'd say, fuck, that guy's funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, so he's funny. funny. He's, I like his point of view on what happens to him, you yeah. know? And I can relate in either one joke or two to that particular thing. I if I could describe myself or my act as just somebody that's really trying hard, yeah, okay. trying hard to find out who he is. And that's it. I will not say, Oh my God, I'm the best. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm the shit. No, that's not me. Yeah. And you know, like I'm a, I'm a dude that, that wants to leave his mark here yeah. in life. And if for me in three minutes or in a half an hour or in an hour that I was up on stage, I could make you for one second, forget how shitty your life is. I did my job, you know, yeah. if, if, if I could make that person just, you know, relate in some sense or for whatever joke I'm doing at that particular moment, yeah. if they could connect with me, the whole goal is to just connect, connect yeah. as human beings, you know, and, yeah. and, and if we could connect like you and me right now in this conversation, yeah. I've done my goal. So that's, yeah. that's my act It's like some dude who's trying, yeah. who's that's trying good. his best. That's good. <laughs> as you're saying, like you're, 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 you're from LA or Los Angeles and um, it's quite competitive for the comedy scene over there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very competitive. You know, there's comedy is quite, quite mm -hmm. big. Just as, as would you say Los Angeles is what New York used to be or are they both similar with regards to comedy? Um, New York is the only place that you could go to and you could perform up on stage. You could have five shows in one night and actually go up. Okay. Um, Los Angeles is more clicky from my experience, you know, okay. what I mean? from what I've seen. Yeah, it's a uh, it's, you know, if you if you hang out a certain comedy club, you know, a certain comedy club, and you're part of that circle, you're part of that circle. Yeah, at the other comedy club, we have a lot. We have like the Ice House, the Improv, we have yeah. the Laugh Factory, we have the Ha Ha, the, all these clubs are everywhere, right. Mm. And unfortunately, there is that vibe, you know, that, that mindset of, you know, you got to be part of a clique someplace, yeah. not all places. Mm. Um, there's a lot of comics now that think, you know, the way to go is all doing all the, you know, the Instagram stuff and doing all this stuff and they're forgetting to be funny. You know, there's yeah. comics that, but that's good for them. That's their style. That's what they're looking for, you know? So mm. it's, I don't see, I still see that in New York a little bit, you know, but because I'm not there, I can't really describe that and say, yeah, that's how it is. You know, yeah. I know that they're more, they're, they're, there's more opportunities in LA because this yeah. is a place where the production and everything's going on. You never yeah. know who's, who's anywhere. You could be at the comedy store and so-and-so's there and they just saw yeah. you the next thing, you know, it, it's very, very quick. It's yeah. very quick. That's how yeah. it works. Yeah. New York, I don't know if it's like that, but it's not just New York. I mean, it's like New York, Chicago's like that yeah. too. There's that type of vibe. There's City. all kind of, um, all kind of, you know, we, we live in a world of internet where, where it's not really where you're at no more. There's people in Minnesota that, that are hella famous for no reason. You're like, well, how did he become this famous from one yeah. day to another? Yeah. The thing is to be trained and prepared. So, so yeah, but yeah, there, there's a lot of, um, LA is, uh, I'll never leave Los Angeles, but uh, um, the 
but damn man it's an adventure you know, <laughs> it's, it's, you know sometimes you know it's like fuck man you just you know la if los angeles would a person if, if los angeles was a person you would want to kick his ass once in a while like that's all <laughs> right once yeah. we were like, right, didn't I buy you lunch yesterday, LA? Didn't I buy you lunch? Now you're eating like shit today. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. how Los Angeles is. I love it, but God, man. Would you, would you say is it's that one? Hmm? LA have an attitude that maybe New York doesn't have or, or doesn't understand? Um, I felt like in New York, I had to shut up a little bit more and just listen, you know? Okay, yeah. LA, yeah. you know, is living the, I, I, you know, you kind of play the part. But, uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah you know, hey, this is so-and-so-and-so, because the industry's here a lot, you know, sure, but yeah. um, um, Chicago to me is, is I, I had so much fun, I, one of my favorite cities to perform in, and uh, the vibe, the comedy scene there is really cool, they're a lot more open, and kind of like, yeah, but yeah. they're they're really into supporting Chicago comics, and which yeah. I love Chicago comics, they're all com amazing comedians up there, you know, it's it's just about going and, and learning the style of everybody and seeing okay cool am i gonna click here if not then what am i gonna do to make sure i click here yeah 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 try to now, be nice that's the main word <laughs> <laughs> don't be a dick yeah. now i've done some research on you uh, and i've looked at that there was one i think ice house comedy said that you had the gift of the gab do you know what that means you know what the gift of the gab is have you ever heard that saying just be able to talk you know yeah, that's really it. But you know where it originates from? No. Yeah, well, basically, okay, there's this thing called the Blarney Stone. Have you ever been to Ireland? Do I look like I've been to Ireland, Dick? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> look, no, I've been, I've been, no, no, actually, I've never been to Ireland. I would love to be in Ireland, uh, but no, I haven't been to Ireland. Have you been to UK? Yeah, I just, you know, going to the airport and doing military shows and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, okay, I've, okay. I've so, okay, okay. Um, so basically, there's a castle in the south of the island of Ireland, and it's called Blarney Castle, okay? And mm -hmm. on, to on top of Blarney Castle, they have this thing called the Blarney Stone. And basically what you do is, a lot of tourists go, and they, they dangle their legs out on, uh, under the stone, okay? And you're, you're, you're supposed to kiss the stone, okay? And the whole idea is you will get the gift of the gab if you kiss the stone. It's a gift of eloquence. So you have a good talker and a good uh, conversationalist. And that's why people mm -hmm. say you have the gift of the gab because you're good with everybody. You connect with everybody. It doesn't matter where people are from. I got to hey. Google that shit. Like, yeah. that's kind of interesting, man. There you gift go. of gab. Gift, gift of, where did of that the, come from? The gift of the gab. There you go. Gift of the gab. All right, cool. I, I'm, you think I'm joking, man. Watch. <laughs> I got time right now. Why not, man? Yeah. There you go. Time. Well, thanks. Uh, what? Uh, I'm kind of curious. What set are you talking about? Which one? Because there's a couple of YouTube things on there. Um, it was Ice House, I think. So someone, uh, some like review or something said that you had the gift of the gab, and that's that's because you have an ability to connect to audiences. So I just I just wanted to see if you knew what gift of the gab was. And you don't. Yeah. It's okay. Every day is a school day, though. It's okay. <laughs> that's true, man. <laughs> um, you know what? I mean, it's a blessing. You take, you know. Yeah. You use the tools that God gave you mm. and, and you just, you take advantage of them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'd be so mad. I used to have a regular nine to five and uh, um, I used to have a regular nine to five, making a lot of money, doing real good. I was in the RV business, recreational vehicles. Okay. And um, I hands down at my highest point was never so depressed and hated life. I lived in a small town. I did the regular nine to five and yeah. everything like that in when I discovered DJing and I discovered comedy, mm. it just, it really, it was a release for me. It was a way of me, you know, I never expected to be a comedian, not at all, man. One of the biggest memories of me and my brother who passed on, passed along, right? He passed away. Okay. is always listening to comedy and we would listen to, to albums and doing all kinds of stuff. Never in my mind that I think I was going to be a comedian one day and actually be a, a good one, you know, like mm -hmm. it's fuck. Are you serious? You know, like, you know, it's, it, you take advantage with the tools that, get, that, that the powers of V have given you and, and, and do it. Don't, yeah. don't just sit on your ass because I know it sounds cliche, but we do only live once. We do only stand here one time. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do? If I die tomorrow, right? I mean, yeah. it's sad. You know what I mean? But yeah. what is the one thing you're going to remember about me? And if you think about it, a lot of people that we care about, we always have that one moment. Oh, my God, this one time so-and-so did this and oh, it was so funny. You know, yeah. so chances are, as a comedian, hey, this one time coach said this, and that shit was hilarious. You know I mean? so <laughs> yeah. Leave your mark. 
I have the normal worries like everybody else. You know, like, mm. did I make the right choice? You know, yeah. uh, did, did I, am I going to be okay when I'm in my 60s? You know, like, did, mm. you know, all those questions go into mind, you know. But the fact is, at the end of the day, I ask myself, am I happy? And if I'm fucking happy, then I think personally I'm, I'm successful. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, you know, if I'm okay, if I'm healthy, if I, you know, and, and I have the people that care about me, plus I get to meet all these amazing people when I perform yeah. or when I'm DJing, making people forget while they dance. Mm. I'm happy, man. I'm doing yeah. great. Now, see, the thing is, I, I think what you're saying there, you're like, okay, is it, have I made the right choice? Because when you do like a, a career, maybe in comedy, there's no safety net, you know, but because you have yeah. D, the DJ as well, that adds to it. That gives you that, that other kind of skill set. Now, when you do, do your DJ job, is, do, is it separate from your comedy or do, do you bring some comedy element into your DJ when you're on the DJ uh, decks? I, um, I, um, well, now with, uh, I, I work along with this company called AES Advantage Event Solutions. Great. My partner, Jesse Cochran. I love this guy. Yeah. I, you know, I start off just DJing, 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 right? Mm -hmm. I'm at a level now where because of my schedule and because I'm busy, I don't um, get to do that, you know? So right now my level in in DJing or in music is pretty much like I'm on the production side too. I get to still DJ. I get to choose the ones that I want to do. Okay. And I'll have an event like NBC or Universal be like, hey, can you have to do this? And I'm like, you know what? I'll do that, you know? Yeah. You know, but I also have like a line of DJs now that I get to send out like the new era guys because the music's changing. And, you know, I'm yeah. like, you know, you know, what I mean, like we got to we got to keep ourselves going. It's, mm. it, it's trying to be a, trying to be your own mobile at the same time. Yeah. Like I, I started up doing the thing. I don't need that. You know, I, I can. Yeah. We're a big company now, production wise, LED wall, the whole sound. Mm-hmm. I as far as the question you were asking. Um, once in a while, I'll do it but I kind of wanted to always separate it. Although yeah. I should have done it a little bit more being DJ Cooch, you know, especially that. Yeah. But, um, but I didn't want to use that as a tool. I, I do use it in like some of my acts where I'll listen. I use a lot of music or I'll listen to music and I do a joke about the music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, and that's the, the one sense where I use my DJ skills. Cause not, not that many comedians do that where like they'll listen to a track try to make it funny or, or say like the number and, and it's actually it works towards my advantage because it always keeps me relevant with people yeah so like even for example like i've never done a cruise ship when i i, I had never done a clean show or an all-ages show a cruise ships like let's use carnival for example yeah the punchline or comedy club that is the only place in my life where i've ever had to perform and there was like eight-year-olds and 10-year-olds in the front row you know what I mean yeah and it's like how do I relate to these kids you know what do I set so to me writing my my, my set and you know I'm like okay the, the number one song is this right now let me talk about that yeah you know let me mess around with that and guess what I say something you know like there was a joke I was doing with Old Town Road you know and yeah the kids immediately like, oh my god I love that song you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And there's my connection to them yeah. So if anything, I used it as a tool uh, okay. and, and it just when necessary, yeah. but I don't, you know, I don't want to talk about something else. I want to talk about me. You know, that's what comedy is all about. You know, speaking I've of, gone through enough shit in my life that I think I can find it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of relevance or speaking of uh, music, I don't think I'll ever hear September uh, different, uh, the same way after watching you perform. You, you cannot, exactly, <laughs> you cannot think about the song september without thinking about me no well, what i'm thinking what I mean? of like, i don't know just the, the way you, you made that little skit i was like oh my goodness because we used to do like a little um on that dance party we'd always do a little dance for september but whenever i think of yeah. september i think dj cute oh my, it's just a, <laughs> but it's a, it's a funny kind of little sketch have you got that little sketch yeah. up on uh, youtube right there or yeah, no, um, I haven't put it on YouTube. Um, I'm sure thinking funny. about releasing it. it on my next album, like yeah. uh, to make like a clean one. But uh, I have to figure out the rights on that because I don't know if using the, mm. you know, partially if it's under the 30 second permit or whatever. But I, I'll, I'll deal with that when the time comes. But I yeah. do want to put it on my all ages. I, I want to record an all ages album. Yeah. And uh, um, and that'll probably be the first joke, man. And see, yeah. this is back, back back to what we're talking about, like. Me as a DJ, I talk about that's my favorite song. Mm. That's all that joke is. It's just that's my favorite song. Yeah. And, you know, I don't like the new stuff now. 
you know, yeah. like, you know, like the rappers nowadays where you can't even understand them. You know, you don't get it, you know, and then I could always go back to that bit, that September bit, and, and it'll relate to not only the the kids, but it's also to, to the adults. Yeah. So that's, that's perfect example of what you were asking me right now, what I'm doing with it, you know? Yeah. It's a classic song. Now, who are your DJ or comedic influences? Like when you went to the DJ and you go, I want to be this guy, or you want to be, of course, you don't want to oh, be. Oh, yeah. Oh, you when, look when up I to these guys. DJ, my first, uh, I, I, like I said, I was into um, house music and some hip hop. Uh, mm-hmm. My favorite top, I would say back in Louis Vega, uh, Richard Humpty Vision, Bad Boy Bill. Uh, God, DJ Rectangle was one of my favorite DJs. Like this guy, if you ever get a chance, go on YouTube and just just Google DMC DJ Rectangle, and you're just like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. Yeah, with the whole scratching and everything like I'll that. Check it out. Yeah. Once I once I got into house music and the mixture, then you started getting into the stuff like, oh wow, you know, mm. um, like the production and, and the people that are making music. That's how I got that. I love that, you know. So so I'm more of a blender by you know. Once okay. I really got into it, um, yeah. but yeah, I, you know, following the the, the classics, I've I've, um, I've had the chance now to work with some DJs that never in my mind, and even in comedy, do comedy with people that I never thought in my mind I would ever meet. You know, like I was, uh, what was it last year? I was with Cascade, you know, and Cascade's one of my favorite DJs now. Okay, and and just like. You know, he's the guy that sings that. I want to have some fun. You know that song? Yeah. He produced that one. And uh, um, and here I am just backstage hanging out with them. Cool. You know, cool. Like, like, like nothing, you know, never those little things like, wow, this is pretty awesome. Mm. Now, comedy wise, I've always said this since day one, my top three. And if you think about it or if you see my act, I really try to do that. Um, okay. Those are my three influences. My top three would be number three, Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. He was always one of my favorites. In his I prime. love his swag. Yeah. Oh. Um, I mean, delirious, raw, uh, that that coolness, that sense that he had, and then he could just when he kind of did the bit, and he would sit back and kind of hold it and let you enjoy it, and just kind of like, yeah, you know, mm. you get in that moment so much. Yeah. That was one of my tops. And if you look at my act, I'm not comparing myself to it, but I really try to imitate that little style. That that let you know that. You know, I said it and kind of, you know, and, yeah. and I do that. You know, those are the little influences. As a comedian, you're going to get influences from your tops. Yeah. My second one, number two, would be Don Rickles, who okay. was so hard, hard, hard. May he rest in peace. One of the most amazing comedians ever. He was just so raw in that in that hint. And, oh, my God, he did mm. that and he said that and he stayed with it and he's still confident in it. You know, he, he was the, the – if you if – you, ever think of Don Rickles the word to use is bold and I and I try to do that I try to be very straight out you know I try to go into uh um, I mean the the girls going to Vegas just straight out like huh you don't care you're this you're that and um my number one even though she was not a comedian comedian my my top comic of all times is Lucille Ball Lucy I love Lucy okay oh no way okay and I'll tell you why, because I could watch a show. I literally, every morning when I'm watching TV, it's I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching it, and I could I, I know every single episode by heart. Mm-hmm. But I, it still makes me laugh. It still makes me, I could just watch one episode and still like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I get all the faces. If you go to my shows, you see my faces and everything. Yeah. I always hold yeah. it, and I do this, and mm-hmm. I... I hold the face enough for you to understand the joke and see the yeah. situation. And I get that from Lucille Ball because she would influence that. Like she would do the joke. If you, I've done this before where I've, I've closed my eyes and listened to her say something and I was like, Oh, it was funny. Yeah. And then I'd watch it with the face and Oh my God, it's hilarious. The same joke is hilarious. You know? Yeah. So it's kind of, that's where that influence came from me. So those are my top three. I mean, there's a, bunch you know george carlin yeah uh chappelle the goat the greatest of all time yeah, yeah. bill burr those are yeah. amazing comedians yeah. To me, you know? yeah but um my personal top three those are those are my top three if you say any comic you name the comic then you know and then you know they have their catchword they have their moments they have a bit mm. and you know you can listen to a comic and be like that's dave chappelle oh my god that's bill burr yeah. oh my god that's this you know mm. 
and that's the whole goal of it. it and you use those particular people to to you can't wait to get to their level yeah. of intelligence of of say of confidence of just structure. I mean, I've exactly. seen Bill go up to the microphone and just stand there, and you're already like, "Wow, this is going to be amazing." Whatever is about to happen is going to be awesome. Yeah. I've seen Chappelle at the Improv do a three hour set. You know, just showed up and did a three hour set. Sat behind the piano, smoking a cigarette, and yeah. just it was a moment, you know. Yeah. And that's cool to, to to try to be like that one day. You want to get to those that level, like the Bill Burr's, where he doesn't have to do the same exact thing all the time, mm. and they just have so much material. I listen mm. to Joey Diaz; he's he's a great buddy of mine too, man. I love that dude, and and he's just amazing, you know. And he's telling okay. real life stories, you know. This yeah. happened to me. This happened to me. And it's like, you know, yeah. you're like, fuck, man. How can you know? <laughs> How can you be so confident on something that you've not even tried, but exactly, you just yeah. because you believed in it, you knew what yeah. comedy was and how it's going to work. You know? mm. So let's go. Cool. That's what Eddie Murphy had as well. He like, of course he, he, he had lots of polished material, but he just had some confidence. He was able to deliver a line, stand there and let the ripple effect, let people just take that in, take that in. That's you still comedy. work on your bits. You know what I mean? Yeah. No matter what, you're always going to work on your bits. Like I, I, I tend to do, whenever I write a new, a new joke, I tend to kind of go to open mic spots that nobody knows yeah. or, you know, that, you know, that I'll be able to get a spot, but I'm not, you know, and then I'll try, I'll trickle it in the middle, you know, I'll do yeah. a, a solid joke and then, then I'll trickle it in the middle once I got their confidence yeah. and I'll try the shit out. And if it didn't work out, you'll never listen to it again. <laughs> but usually I at least try to do it three or four times and I'll know by then if it's going to be something or if it's not going to be something. Yeah. Now, just one thing. Uh, what What are your proudest achievements in your career? Okay, you have a DJ career, acting, comedy. What's your proudest achievements? Shit. Um, one of my proudest is actually the the I started comedy uh, at a comedy club uh, or learning to do comedy at a comedy club called the Improv, the world famous Improv. Everybody yeah. knows about those comedy clubs. Yeah. Um, in two thousand four, uh, about five or six years ago, I got indicted on the wall. The biggest thing, you know, when you walk into the comedy club and you see everybody's pictures on the wall, mm, yeah. I got put on the wall of the improv. 2011, that happened. Okay. Yeah. And, and oh my, dude, it was, um, I mean, as a, when I walked into the improv for my first classes, yeah. I remember me and my friend, we walked out of there and I go, dude, I'm not going to stop until my name is on that marquee, you know? Yeah. And he goes, yeah, we could do it. And I'm like, watch, I'm not going to stop until my name is on the marquee. That happened. Years yeah. later, that happened. I got a Tuesday night and my name was on the marquee. And it was a great night, you know, and, and it was awesome. I remember after that, I, I told my boy, I'm like, I'm not going to stop until I have my own weekend here one day, you know? Yeah. And years later, I achieved my first weekend and we did great. You know, yeah. we sold out. We did amazing. After that, I said, I'm not going to stop until I end up on the wall at this club yeah and that happened yeah and it was as as somebody i achieved something um that's one of my biggest achievements uh, okay, yeah. in career-wise as a comedian another thing that i say is uh um i've uh, unfortunately i went through some health issues about four years ago uh, no three years ago I, I had an immune infection and almost died, man. People didn't know about this one, man. Really? I almost, yeah. I almost oh. didn't make it, man. I was in, um, uh, I was just having a conversation. I was in a hospital for four months and a half, four months. And somebody just asked me, you know, uh, a friend of mine, a comedian friend of mine that that knew that I went through all this. Yeah. How you doing with all this COVID thing being gone right now? You know, not working for four months. I'm like, it's pretty awesome because the last time I was off for four months, I was fucking dying. You know, so it's kind of so this one yeah. this time is pretty cool. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, I think uh, an achievement to myself that yeah. I popped my own collar on that one is because um, it was a really bad. It, it was this thing called Adam disease, which was what immune infection that that um caused by stress and just you know just yeah. happens to eight people out of uh, happens to eight people out of one million. Oh and wow. I got diagnosed with it. Yeah. And by the time they figured out what happened, what was going on, like, like I'd be standing and passing out. And at one point I went from being a normal human being to almost it looked like I was special. Like yeah. I had, you know, like like you know, and I couldn't walk, uh yeah. couldn't really talk. And it was really, really bad. 
I got misdiagnosed so many times, you know, that by the time they figured out what was the problem, I was already on the bad point. I was already scaling down where they were saying my body's naturally shutting down. Um, although I went through that, they figured out what was wrong with me and they told me, hey, we don't know if you're going to be able to perform again. We don't know if you're going to be able to walk again. And we don't know if you're going to be okay because it's so rare. Yeah. Um, and I... I put my heart and soul to that, you know, like two weeks after I was out of the hospital, I remember I asked this comedian, Jeff Garcia, if he would give me a guest spot, even though I wasn't ready for that. I went, and I told him, Hey man, can you please let me perform? Yeah. You know, um, it, because I need to get back on stage. Yeah. And I went and I did six minutes and I did that and I yeah. kept working and working and working. And then three by a year and a half later, I'm starting to do more comedy clubs. I'm starting to do my DJ work is tripled. You know, yeah. my comedy work has tripled. Yeah. I went from being a regular guy from just doing little shows here and there to like doing weekends and, and going on the cruises and going yeah. here and going to New York, going to this, yeah. going to Chicago. I, if anything, I looked at it as a reset. Yeah. That, that God said, look, I gave you this. And you're not doing shit with this. So I'm going to take it away. You yeah. know, and um, and he gave me that little shakeup. So after getting out of the hospital, like I I got my shit straight, you know. And yeah. here I am, years later. Yeah. I I I I could turn around and look at my career and be like, you know, I've done good with this, you know. Yeah. So my biggest achievement is that I got my own shit straight. Yeah. And I'm okay. I did what I'm supposed to do now. You know, I'm yeah. happy in my personal life. I'm happy in my careers. Both of my careers. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, like everything I do, I make sure I give it a hundred percent every single time. Every time I perform on stage, I psych myself out and I act like it's going to be the last time. Cause you never yeah. know. That's my highest achievement to myself. Yeah. So you're, you're really right. a passionate performer. So, and so like, what are your passions off stage? Okay. Because you went, went through all, all of the, the health issues and you've come out your side. What, what, what do you do to unwind? Because, of course, you're very fo career focused. What do you do when you're off stage? Like, do you have any passions? Or right now? Well, lately, because of COVID, yeah, of uh, course, apparently yeah. barbecuing. Barbecuing <laughs> is my biggest. I just got a smoker, dude. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, my girlfriend's tired of me always chasing her. Like, babe, look at this. And look at that. And look at this. She's like looking at me like, I hate you. Like, you know, like, because, you know, we've been bored. Um, it, I, that's that's pretty much my one hobby right now i said i'm gonna start barbecuing so i got a, a really big smoker and I, yeah. I did my first you know pork butt the other day and i'm already talking about doing ribs uh, <laughs> another thing that uh because you know we're, we're at home and you can't seem to go to a gym is uh, uh mountain biking so my girlfriend got me into that and, and okay and probably like spending more time with her and her son and, and yeah talking to my family that that those are my my main hobbies right now and and i like them. i'm not trying to to force them or nothing they're just coming in naturally and i yeah. kind of like being in that situation that's good you know yeah. i think we me and my girlfriend were talking about after covid it's probably gonna be a lot more harder now and it's probably gonna not just me but to a lot of people for sure you know being out on the road again like getting back on the road yeah not because of work but because you're so used to now being what you know like like, you know, me and my girl are like, oh, my God, how's it going to be when, when, you know, when I'm out again, you know, <laughs> where you have to go back to work because she's working from home. So, yeah. so it's, those are my hobbies right now. My hobbies are enjoying my life, my personal life. And that's my biggest hobby right now. Um, it, yeah, but the barbecuing is the shit, too. So, <laughs> so that's kind of cool, bro. I was trying to angle, I was trying to eat this out of you. I know, I know you, you're a cigar man. What, what, what's your cigar? What, what do you say? A Cohiba? Oh my God. Yeah. I'm a big cigar man. That's, yeah. that's the other thing. Yeah. You got me there, man. I forgot about cigars. Yeah. <laughs> my collection right now in cigars is really, really sick, dude. It's really dope. Um, oh, yeah? My favorite cigar right now. Well, I got uh, some Cubans, uh -huh. but honestly, like I, uh, which one do I have right now? My friend Mark got me involved with this one called uh, My Father. My Father's Cigar, they're box press. And then uh, the Acid Blondes and the Cuba Cubas are always going to be my favorite. I got really into Cubans, taking advantage that I'm doing the cruise ships. Actually, I was doing uh, all those, you know, buying, going, yeah. buying a bunch of Cuban cigars. There's a couple of Cuban cigars that I get that I like, but uh, I, I like testing the waters and trying everything out, you know. Um, but yeah, most, I was actually thinking about doing a Cuban cigar tonight, and I'm probably going to smoke one tonight. 
Why not? Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, we, me and my girlfriend went to uh, celebrate our two year anniversary uh, this weekend. And we went to wine country before. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was cool, man. We got, but we weren't, you know, I didn't get to smoke. So I'll probably have, have a smoke, you know, tonight and just kind of go through everything, you know, in my head going, oh my God, the bills, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, like I, I don't smoke at all, but I do like a cigar. Like I, it's, there's something about having a cigar, just like, just, you no, know, to chill out with a beer, a cigar, occasionally. Dude, when I was not very often, when I was little, my grandfather made rest in peace. That's where that came from. You know, yeah. like you know, those those gangster movies, and <laughs> yeah. my grandfather would sit down with his friends and they'd be playing dominoes and, and smoking a good cigar. And I remember, you know, my grandfather would be like, "Hey, fill me up." You know, I give him a little bit of drink or you know yeah. some more wine, or or he go go get me one of my cigars. You know, I'd bring his cigars and I sit there and I remember my, I th- it, at first when I was a, a kid. I, w- I tried my first cigars with a couple of best friends from high school and we hated it. It was the most disgusting thing ever, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But it was a great memory to have that. You know, I remember like my, 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 my grandpa, which I called my father, my, 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 my pops and, and, uh, and his friends. As older as you get, your palate changes, you know? You know, yeah. you go from regular beer to like whiskey and some wine. And, and now I really, I really enjoy it. So, so yeah, you know, that's a, that, I don't consider it a hobby. Cause it's more of a lifestyle for me, you know, okay. that's kind of yeah. like, you know, that's, if you hang, like, if you and me hang out, yeah. chances are we're going to sit down and I'm going to say, Hey, do you want a cigar? You okay. know, do you want to, do you want to smoke? Yeah. We're going to have a great conversation. It's a great piece of conversation. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend actually starts smoking cigars with me too. So that's kind of cool. You know, so that's <laughs> something that we get to enjoy together. It's, uh, and, and with friends. So, so yeah, it's a great, it, that's the reason why I smoke. Not because of, I don't think, I don't like, it's funny. The irony is I hate people that smoke cigarettes. Like, yeah. I don't like that smell, you know, like uh, uh, it could be, you know, like there's something about that, but a, but a smell of a cigar doesn't really affect no. me that bad. No, you know? no, no. It, you're right. It is like the Scarface kind of gangster type movies. You have a cigar in your hand. You feel like you're a million bucks. Yeah, you know, you know it's, it's just, it's, it's who I am now. I don't, you yeah. know, at first I was trying to be it, but it's now like, you know, all right, this is, you know, I'm a grown man and this yeah. is what I do. You know, exactly, yeah. smoke cigars and smoke meats, apparently. That's what I do now. <laughs> <laughs> now okay, so I'm going to finish off with a few things. Uh, so, yeah, so you perform it around the States or even around the world. Where's your favorite place to perform in the world? Your favorite place? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I have my favorite comedy clubs. Uh, obviously my, my number one comedy club that I love to perform at is the place where I started, which was the Ontario improv okay. in Ontario, in Ontario, in California. Yeah. Uh, that's always going to be my, my home. Cause that's where I started. Uh, the other club that is one of my favorite hands down is the ice house in Pasadena. Yeah. Love performing there, but tours and shows, uh, there is a place called caps in the Bay area. I love playing there yeah overseas damn man overseas uh i got to go to jordan i got to go to do military shows up there okay i've been in you know i've been in 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 god where where the fuck was that place it was like uh it was i don't remember what military base was uh i've been to japan nice those places were awesome because for other reasons not for what's up yeah, not for the reason of the of the actual venue. Yeah, but for the reason of the people that you're bringing the joy to. You know oh, okay. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I gotten to do some crazy awesome shows that I never imagined myself being able to do. I well, I remember when Carlos gave me my Carlos Mencia gave me uh, my first guest spot at a big concert. You know. Okay. Where I I opened up and I did a spot and I was so green, but I remember that was such a great pleasure so so i've gotten to do some really cool stuff so I, yeah. there's not one in particular show that i could say this was the one you know yeah. what i mean um obviously when i got put up on the wall that day I, that day that i had that show the manager comes up and gave me put told everybody i'm gonna put them up on the wall with a big yeah. celebration one of my best shows ever you know so so yeah man it, it's it's uh i think spots it would be ontario yeah, Ice House Pasadena yeah. and just certain and just you know what makes a show 
the audience and the people you're performing with. You know, that's totally. that makes the best shows. Okay, so I'll finish up with this. Um, I want to let everyone know that you have a you you re- recently released a comedy album. Okay, what's the name of your comedy album? Yeah, the the, the album is called About Time. Um, time. It uh because uh, you know what I called it that because. Uh, I've had a couple flawed deals, you know, where, you know, something was supposed to be produced and then it didn't happen or anything okay, like yeah, that, you know, yeah. and there's certain material that I wanted to uh, retire it. Yeah. And during COVID, during all this stuff, you know, yeah. like I wanted something, um, I wanted to, a project to work on. So I picked up that project. I was actually going to do a podcast. I was going to do these video com- confessionals. Yeah. I've been kind of lagging on it because I've been liking living, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um but um, so I said, you know what, might as well just work on my album. And um, so we recorded the album at the Ice House in Pasadena. Okay. Uh, and it, I am completely happy with it. It is so awesome. Here, I, I have a copy of it up here. It's called Bout Time. Check it out. Oh, very good. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you, you, it's reached number two in, in May. It reached number two in the uh, iTunes charts. Yeah, it um on its weekend, its first weekend, it hit number all the way to uh number two, which is a big achievement for iTunes. You know, like think about all the people that are on that man. You know what I mean? For it to hit number two, yeah, I was I was really really happy with it. I I I'm not gonna lie to you. You get that fear that you know is anybody gonna pick it up? Is anybody yeah. gonna buy it? You know, yeah. now you can get it on all formats, man. It's on all platforms, Amazon, um, uh, you know, like Spotify. It's it's yeah. it's on all platforms now. So. So it's out there, man. Check it out. Tell me what you think, man. Will, um, yeah. You gotta listen to it. It came out really, really cool. No, I, will, I yeah. actually went under Jorge Marroquin. You know, okay. we're doing the changeover now. We're doing the yeah. changeover name, you know. Okay. I'm maturing. I'm trying to get the Bill Burr status one day. You know what I mean? so, <laughs> and I can't be that there, you know, as DJ Cooch. So just, you know, it'll be under about time. It's not about. It's about. about time. Just, that's the ghetto time. guy in me. That's how I talk, man. Um <laughs> But yeah, there's some good jokes there. Uh, um, there's great, great stories in there. I, I'm just happy that that album, because I, you know, I, I let my best friend help me produce it. You know, yeah. And he's a great producer, Brian McDaniel, and uh, just so many people helped me on this project, and we 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 hit it out the park. You know, so Excellent. so to me. It was it was another achievement, another another great achievement that yeah, now you know my production company actually did it and yeah. and you know and we're like okay cool and pop your collar a little bit you did that good stuff yeah now it's been it's been great to catch up with you and uh, DJ Kucher Jorge Jorge or George George <laughs> it's not Jorge it's Jorge okay <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you George uh, George mm. Marrow King there you go George Marrow King. No but, doubt, man. Uh, Tell your people in Ireland to add me on Instagram, which is DJ Cooch. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, I will, if I'm ever in in, in uh, Vegas or LA, you better get me VIP spots. I'll be disappointed. Bro, I got you, man. Don't worry about that, man. I got you, man. Uh, you know, I'll bring some meat. <laughs> 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 but no doubt, Shane, man. Congratulations on everything, dude. Uh, right, you man. know, it's awesome to talk to you all the way in the other side of the country, man. That's yeah. that's really cool, man. Yeah. yeah. Now you too. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon and uh, take it easy. Yeah. No doubt. Talk All to right. you soon, brother. God bless. All right. Take it easy, man. So that was DJ Cooch, or he's now called George Marrow King. And he's a lovely man, a very funny guy, comedian, actor, and DJ. And he's also a good friend of mine. Um, I met a couple of years ago. And I hope you liked what you hear today, guys. If you did like what you heard, my name is Shane. This podcast is called Heartlines. And remember, you're always welcome here on Heartlines. Take it easy. Bye-bye.